Hey, how's it going out there, everybody? I know it's 104. I know I'm four minutes late. However, I have a good excuse. I just called into the, the Han and Humpty show on uh, ESPN, and I was just on hold for a little bit. Uh, I wanted to talk A-Rod. Um, I, they said I had a great call, and I hope you guys caught it on ESPN Radio right before you switched over to me. I'm going to see if I can get a replay of that call, and I can uh, put that up for you. Um, but anyway, so today we got a big show. It's a rainy day. It's a, a rainy Wednesday here in New Jersey. Uh, got a lot, got a lot on the plate today. So we're going to talk. First of all, we're going to talk a rod. I'd love to take your calls, guys. I, there's a lot of angles we can hit from this. So if you want to call in, here it is. Got something to say? Call the studio 201-825-1234. A rod is the hot topic around New York and around MLB this week. Um, in typical A-Rod fashion, I would say. Uh, but this time, I don't think you can blame him. I don't think you can blame A-Rod for, for what's going on around the Yankees organization. We got the Yankee, we got A-Rod up. Next up, we're going to be talking a little bit of Tim Tebow. We got a little bit of an Olympic medal count, a little bit of Olympics. Uh, I also have a great interview from Brian Martin Sports, B-Mart Sports. Uh, we recorded this morning, so you'll, uh, you'll take a listen in that. Giants camp, uh, I was there last week. Uh, this great event with Mint Pros and Jay Irwin Productions that I was just out on Saturday with a bunch of Yankees. I got a special Noah Syndergaard update. <laughs> and uh, we'll end with a little bit of a, a Periscope session. I know people do enjoy that, the ones on Periscope. I'm not sure how that actually sounds, but it is interesting to, to watch on Periscope. And then we'll talk a little bit about upcoming events, and that's that. So getting right into this, a Alex Rodriguez. Let's just backtrack. For those of you who are not familiar with this and who have not heard about this, one, I don't know how, but A-Rod, uh, last week, not last week, today's Wednesday, on Sunday, Alex Rodriguez, Saturday night, late Saturday night, Alex Rodriguez requests that uh, he have a press conference Sunday morning before Sunday's game at, at Yankee Stadium. Um, also scheduled to speak were GM Brian Cashman, manager Joe, Joe Girardi, I almost said Joe Torre, Joe Girardi, and, and A-Rod, obviously, was the, the headliner. So, Arod in this in this press conference announces that he will be leaving the Yankees on Friday, two days from now, and what is that? Six days away from his his press conference, five days away from his press conference. At that point in time, first of all, everybody was thinking about retirement, um, but we're not going to use the word retirement because he's not retiring. Arod is going to be signed, and he's owed twenty six million dollars or twenty one million dollars, twenty two, whatever it is. Uh, he's going to be signed as a special advisor to the team for next spring training in order to make him, quote-unquote, earn the money. Um, and uh, Friday is his last game as the in, in a Yankee uniform, but first of all, the guy's four home runs away from 700. Uh, and the way it stands, he would be the fourth, have the fourth most home run to total in all of baseball. Uh, obviously, he'll be joining the company of Bonds, Ruth, and uh, Willie Mays if he hits 700 home runs. Now, when he hits 700 home runs, I believe it's 714, actually, the Yankees owe him a bonus of $7 million. Um, that's 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 going to be on one burner here. Um, also, last week, if you uh, have been paying attention to the Yankees, another 
older but injury-plagued player Mark Teixeira has announced his retirement. At at the end of this season, he will no longer be with the Yankees. His contract is out. Yankees don't know him any money, and he's just going to retire from baseball at that point in time. So, less than seven days later, A-Rod requests this press conference. Everybody's thinking retirement. But in fact, he's not actually retiring. He will be back for spring training. But in the meantime, I believe... He's going to be signing with another team come Saturday. He did not rule it out. Someone asked him that question. He did not rule it out. He said he's not allowed to comment yet on that, on signing up with a different team. Uh, and, and last week, if you guys remember, I had Kim Jones on here talking. I asked her about A-Rod because Kim Jones, if, if you were not listening last week, Kim Jones uh, is a national correspondent for the NFL now, but she used to be the clubhouse reporter for the New York Yankees for a long time, around a Alex Rodriguez since he's been here for a long time, and I figured I would go straight to the source. I asked her last week on this show her opinion about A-Rod, and here it is. In your opinion, A-Rod, you know, aging A-Rod, what did the Yankees do with him? There's been rumors of let him, letting him go before the end of the season, letting him finish out the season. There are some people even jockeying for him to, to go to training camp and see how he does there. What do you th- where do you think the Yankees stand with A-Rod, with Hal Steinbrenner being in town this weekend or this week? Well, I, I mean, they owe him $21 million next year and whatever's left this year. So I would think they probably owe him another $25 million or so right now. So he's going to get that money. Baseball, the baseball players' union will make sure of that, right. and the Yankees will certainly have to pay it. Mm-hmm. So, um... I don't have a feel because I'm not around that team on a daily basis, right. uh, so I don't get to ask my own questions because I'm just I can't be there yeah. because the NFL Network's my full-time job. Mm-hmm. I don't have a feel for what the Yankees truly believe. I do read my many friends and colleagues in the media, and it just seems to be kind of split. I don't know what. Uh, I guess I would do it this way: if you really, really have someone who you want to take that roster spot, uh, you could certainly release Alex Rodriguez. It would be a you know, very weird ending to what has been an incredible career, yeah. and I'm assuming no one else would pick him up, but, uh, you know, if you really had a young player that you're just dying to have on the 25-man roster, I guess that would be the move you make. But, Daniel, I can't, pr- I can't yeah. pretend like I'm, I'm not on the inside on this stuff. So on that one, I, I don't know what the Yankees will do. Yeah. Well, that was uh, last Wednesday. Last Saturday, three days later, A-Rod requests a, a press conference. Sunday, he gets the press conference. And Kim Jones and I sound pretty prophetic, don't you think? The Yankees are letting him go on Friday. Now, she talked about if you have a, a nice young player willing to take his roster spot. Yankees haven't come out and said which player is going to take his roster spot. There's a 25-man roster now. However, September 1st, baseball allows to, to gear up for the playoffs, I assume, allows teams to expand on September 1st to a 40-man roster. So what is the point of letting A-Rod go this Friday? How did they pick this Friday to let him go? Do they have anybody to take his spot? They haven't come out and said anything. Actually, Girardi came out and said, manager Joe Girardi came out and said that he... Uh, will do er- as long as Alex Rodriguez wants to. I will do everything in my power in order to get Alex Rodriguez into the lineup. Well, guess what? Last night they had a game in Boston. Tonight they're playing in Boston, and tomorrow they're in Boston. Friday versus the Rays, one of the worst teams. He's going to have his last game. Now they're pretending that this Boston Red Sox series actually means something. He wasn't in the lineup last night. He's not supposed to be in the lineup tonight. And Girardi said that the Yankees are looking to win games. They're 5.5 games out of the wild card. 
Okay, five five and a half games out of the wild card on August 10th, that's a big deal. That means they're in sixth place to make the playoffs. That's ridiculous out of the AL teams. So split the teams in half. They're not sitting too pretty, the Yankees. So I don't know what lie they're trying to say that they're trying to win games. A-Rod has great stats at Fenway Park over the course of his career. Um, he even considered going to the, the Red Sox, I believe, before he signed with the Yankees because he hits so well there. And they have Brian McCann DHing for some strange reason, who has comparable numbers to A-Rod to begin with uh, in the DH slot. Um, this has become the laughing stock of the league. They are totally and completely mishandling the A-Rod situation. They're forcing A-Rod out. And you know how I know that? You know how I know that they're mishandling this and becoming the, the laughing stock? Last night I'm watching the game. I believe it was the 8th inning or maybe the ninth inning. Even, now listen, the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry goes back years, decades. Hundreds of years. A hundred years, just about. Okay? Yankees fans... Hate Boston Red Sox fans. Boston Red Sox fans hate Yankees fans. That's just the way it is. Everybody understands that. It's one of the most prolific rivalries in all of sports. But when you're watching the game last night, 8th or ninth inning, the Boston Red Sox fans in the crowd stand on their feet chanting, We want A-Rod. We want A-Rod. That's got to mean something to you. They, they flash to Joe Girardi in the dugout with the camera. Expressionless. They they flashed to A Rod in the in the dugout sitting there. Expressionless. Everybody understands this. Everybody understands that the Yankees. Why are they keeping him out of the lineup? They say they're trying to win games. Actually, I was just listening to Han and Humpty. Like I said, they said that Mark Teixeira last week. Someone please tell Mark Teixeira you're trying to win games because he's chalking up in his press conference that this season is over. I understand you want to let the 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 younger players get in and, and, and get some playing time, this and that. Okay, but why can't you do it September 1st? Why can't you do it September 1st when the, the rosters expand to 40-man rosters? How do the Yankees expect A-Rod to produce anything if he's getting in a bat every every 20, 20 days or something or something ridiculous like that? You can't, you can't hit with any sort of consistency if you're A-Rod, if you're anybody. If you're getting put into the every 20th game or whatever ridiculous plan that they have for him. And to have Joe Girardi come out and say, if A-Rod uh, wants to play, we'll put him in. I have no doubts that A-Rod wants to play. The guy is a competitor. I was listening to Don LaGreca the other day, who was a Rampo College graduate. He said, he, he made a great analogy. He said, if you had, this was, uh, I guess it was yesterday or maybe Monday. If you had four days to live... Like A-Rod has four days left, games left to play. Why would you sleep through one of them? Meaning not being in the lineup yesterday. And now he's not in the lineup tonight. So out of four days left to live on this earth, why would you sleep through two of them? Wouldn't you want to be maximizing everything you could? Wouldn't you want to be playing in the game, trying to chase down 700 home runs? I mean, you're four away. You're four home runs away. So there's no doubt in my mind that A-Rod wants to play. This is a, a larger issue that I'm sure will come out once the right time is there. It just makes me upset because he's 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 four home runs away from 700. Obviously, it's going to be tainted. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Everybody's going to come out and say, "Oh well, he used PEDs and that's how we got to that uh, that landmark." But guess what? 
I was listening to something the other day. I forget what it was. Barry Bonds also used PEDs. And every time he comes on the broadcast, they welcome him back with open arms in San Francisco. The Giants love Barry Bonds. And that's not what A-Rod is feeling here. So you know what? I hope A-Rod goes and signs with another team. And I, You know what? I'll say it here. I hope it's the Red Sox. I hope he goes to Fenway Park and hits his 700 home run. And then you have the idiot, Hal Steinbrenner, coming out and saying, trying to make a case for A-Rod to be in Monument Park. The, the the shrouded Monument Park out there in center field of Yankee Stadium, the illustrious Yankee Stadium. He wants A-Rod in there. Well, Hal Steinbrenner, what are you doing? Keep him in the lineup. Let him get 700. You are the owner of the team. You're the owner of the team. Put him in the lineup. Okay? And let's just pretend. This is the call I had on Han and Humpty on ESPN just now. Let's just pretend that the Boston Red Sox series actually does mean something. Let's just pretend. Okay? So you keep him out of the lineup this week. What is to say that he has to be done Friday? In two days from now. Why not the Friday after that? Why not? How about this? Why not? He hit 700 home runs. And on that game, that is his last game. How would that be for ticket sales? That's what the Yankees are worried about. Their ticket sales are down. They've used A-Rod as long as they possibly could. And now they want to dump him. I feel very passionate about this. I think A-Rod is a, I think he's a great player. He sat down with Michael K yesterday. I think the interview is coming out on Friday. I just, you talk to any sports fan around in the New York area who is very familiar with this team and with with A-Rod and and all the troubles he has had with the Yankees organization, people are pretty baffled. People do not know why they are not playing A-Rod. And you saw it last night in Boston. Those people don't even know. And yet you have Mark Teixeira up last night in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. Bases loaded. He's 0 for 4 already in the game. Strikes out looking to end the game. A-Rod sitting on the bench. Come on, man. I mean, I, I do like Joe Girardi. I did like Joe Girardi, but I, you know what? I'm going to say it here. Wednesday, August 10th, 1.19 p.m. This is the end of Joe Girardi as manager of the Yankees. So Friday, if you're interested in going to A-Rod's last game uh, on Friday at Yankee Stadium, if he's going to be in the lineup, who knows? It might rain on Friday. Then what happens? <laughs> if it's a rain out on Friday... What happens? Does he get back, have another press conference Thursday night uh, with the weather forecasters and, and Lonnie Quinn out there and, and say, well, you know, Friday looks like there's a 60% chance of rain because that's what it is right now for Friday. There's a 60% chance of thunderstorms on Friday. Uh, A-Rod is now done with the Yankees, or A-Rod will stick with the Yankees through September 1st. I just think this is a flimsy, flimsy deadline. I am totally flabbergasted as to why they picked uh, you know, Friday as the final date. I think everybody is as well. But if you're interested in going to the game, I checked this morning. Uh, when the, on Sunday when the uh, press conference was, in fact, still going on, the cheapest seat in the whole stadium was $90. Uh, this morning, the seats are as low as 19 if you wanted to sit in the lights, uh, which is um, pretty comparable to what they have been all year long. Uh, if you wanted to sit in the legend seats... Uh, right by the batter's box, it's gonna you're gonna drop seven thousand dollars on one seat. Um, so so that's what I got on, on Arod being forced out. I'm not a happy camper. Uh, I just I just don't understand. And if anybody can come on here and, and and explain it to me, or commiserate with me, 
I'd love to hear from you, 201-825-1234. This is Tino Martinez, World Series champion for 60-minute overtime. Also, uh, another headline around the MLB is that Tim Tebow, you might remember him as the, um, I'm going to use the word disgraced quarterback, first with the Broncos, then he signed with the Jets. Uh, Tim Tebow is looking to uh, make a career in the MLB. Uh, Gary Sheffield, who is a, is a very well-known baseball player, he said that his quote was, Tim Tebow can be here in two years meaning within the league within two years. yeah, They quoted his high school coach saying that during batting practice in high school, Tim Tebow always wanted to end on a home run. And batting practice wouldn't end until Tim Tebow hit a home run. He was a high school all-state selection, <laughs> which I almost was. So I, I think uh, I think Tebow is just kind of grasping at straws. He, he was done with football, I, I think, prematurely. I think the media sort of forced him out. Uh, and then he went into a little bit of broadcasting, and now he wants to try his hand in the MLB, which is not um, impossible. Michael Jordan also did basketball and, uh, and MLB and baseball, so it's not unheard of. Uh, but Tim Tebow, if you look at him, the, the prototypical baseball player, usually you don't want a lot of muscles. You want to have lean muscle, and, and Tim Tebow is not that. He's a bulky kind of guy. He's um, <laughs> Who could I liken with? Maybe Mark McGuire back in the steroid days. So, I mean, they, they put a picture of him playing high school baseball. He looks kind of funny in a baseball uniform. Not really sure which position he would play. I think he got some offers from some minor league teams as an outfielder. Uh, not, not sure what kind of speed he has. I guess I could look that up. But Tim Tebow is looking to try his hand in the MLB, which is very, very interesting to me. Um, hey, Maybe the Yankees can pick him up and sell some tickets with him. <laughs> Who knows? Um, the Mets also said they uh, they don't foresee him being a Met when the time comes. However, they uh, Sandy Alderson, the GM of the Mets, said he does have an open mind. I'm not sure if Mets fans would agree with that. Would embrace Tim Tebow in a Met uniform, your number 15. Um, but who knows with that, really? Uh, Tim Tebow. I mean, I think he's a great athlete. I won't take that away from him, um, but I'm not sure how good of a football player, uh, I mean, how good of a baseball player he is. Just my opinion. I don't know. Uh, so the Olympic Games in Rio, if anybody's been checking it out, it is on uh, all NBC networks, obviously NBC, NBC Sports, NBC app. You could stream it onto your uh, Google Chrome or, or Amazon Fire, I think they call it Fire Stick. Um, if you've been watching the Olympics, here's the medal count. I have it right in front of me, and this is in real time. The medal counts are as follows. The U.S. is leading um, in every category, in gold, in silvers, and bronze, and in total medals. The U.S. has 10 gold, 8 silver, 9 bronze. If you add that up quickly, that is 27 total medals in first place in every category, followed by China. China. Donald Trump. China has 8 gold, 3 silver, 6 bronze for a total of 17. Third place, South Korea with 7 total. Uh, Hungary, surprising it's a small country. Hungary has 6 medals. Hey, this is incorrect on here, actually. Actually, Google, you are wrong. United States is first. China is second. Australia with 9. 
is in third, South Korea is in fourth, and Hungary is in fifth with six medals. You are wrong. Google failed me. Jesus. Uh, so if anybody's been watching the Olympics, uh, I, I, here's just a couple things that I've seen. Um, I did watch uh, the women's volleyball game. They had a, a win over the Netherlands. Uh, women, uh, the U.S. lost the first two sets. Uh, they do play five in the Olympics, so they lost. They dropped the first two. Then in the third set, the Netherlands' best player did go down with an injury. I'm not sure. I, did, I never followed up with how serious the injury was, um, but they were. The U.S. was able to win the next three, which is pretty impressive, and uh, and take over the uh, the Netherlands. Michael Phelps had a win last night in the 200-meter butterfly, which I did watch. That brought his uh, total medal count to 21 gold in his career, um, which is the most, he's the most decorated Olympian of all time. So if you haven't seen Michael Phelps swim just yet, you might want to. The guy is, is going to be in the history books for a very, very long time. Uh, the men's basketball team was also there in the crowd going nuts for, uh, for Michael Phelps. They also all got pitch- pictures with him after he, he did his race which I thought was pretty interesting, actually. Um, they are fans like the rest of us. Men's synchronized diving I watched. Um, the USA won silver. Wasn't too interesting to me. I think they all looked pretty good. I can't really tell who is better than who in Olympic diving. Um, they, they go by the difficulty of the tricks and this and that, so I'm not really sure. Um, I was watching beach volleyball. Uh, it was women's. I was watching men's this morning. There was a net call in one of the women's games, and I did like how they used instant replay to get the call right. They did reverse the call, and I, I kind of wish they could do that in high school volleyball because there's so many plays that that are the kids. They use kids to be to be lines judges, and although it's better than nothing, I sometimes wish that the referees just did it themselves. So they did use instant replay. They did get the call right, and I'm glad they overturned it. So that's the uh, that's my little mini Olympic recap. <laughs> so uh, you know it's on it's on for another I think uh, ten days ish. So if you haven't seen anything, I would definitely go and check out Michael Phelps. If anything, um, you've if you've been on social media, which I think if you're not, what's wrong with you? But you've seen the Phelps face. I'm sure you've seen the the Phelps face. Uh, he's glaring at this uh, guy trying to. He's shadow the the other competi- the competitor shadow boxing in front of him. Michael Phelps just has his headphones there and he's just glaring at the guy. And that that has been making its rounds completely and utterly all over uh, social media. Um, people are putting some ridiculous captions to it, like um, like they put the picture of of Phelps's face, it's the scowling Phelps face, and they put something like uh, um, when someone eats the last Twix. And they show the face, or I mean, there's a couple funny ones that are out there. So if if you want to amuse yourself at work on your lunch break or something, or if you're not doing any work at work, go check out some Phelps faces. So they were doing um, if you've noticed, if you've seen him, and if you've seen it on any of the other athletes, there are some round circles that you notice. And I know this has been talked about at nauseum in the media. But I just wanted to to touch on it here that those circles are, are it's an ancient Chinese practice which is supposed to loosen the muscles. Basically what it is, it sucks up your skin into these little cups, they call them. And uh, I guess with vacuum pressure, they suck it up. And it's supposed to increase blood flow to the muscles by pulling the skin away. 
it increases blood flow to the muscles, which um, increases rejuvenation of torn muscle fibers and, and sore muscles, basically. So uh, there's uh, some school of thoughts that says it is not. Uh, this was just on CBS uh, News, Dr. Max, last night. He said uh, there's some research. He said he tried looking for a medical research saying uh, about the effectiveness of this. Couldn't really find it. So this seems to be um, more of a placebo effect than anything, I would say, for these guys, uh, thinking that a placebo effect means that if they get it done, they're thinking it's working regardless, no matter if it's working or not. So I don't know. It's just interesting. Then they had Matt Lauer trying it. Uh, He had one on his leg, I believe. Uh, who knows? But that's just the trend in uh, U.S. Olympic uh, Olympic athletes are doing something called cupping. So if you see that on TV and you haven't heard it anywhere else, that's what it is. This morning, like I said, I had an interview with um, over the phone, so the quality is not as good as if he was here. Um, but I did have an interview with, his name is Brian Martin, um, and he branched off into his own company called Brian Martin Sports. And he's got a lot of interesting th- things to say. So here's Brian Martin explaining his own business. So on the line, I have Brian Martin from B. Martin Sports. Uh, it's been around since 2013, but now he's really kicking it into overdrive. So I'm really happy to have him on. Brian, thanks for calling in. No problem, Daniel. Great to be on again. Let's just talk about what are you doing with with this B. Martin Sports? Well, I've been in business now for over 20 years. So I've been training you know, NFL players down through high school athletes, male and female. And, you know, over time I was involved in some different brands and you know, I determined, uh, I ran a fitness center for Donald Trump a few years back, and he said, you really should keep your own name in, in everything that you do, and you know, your passion is what drives the business, so I was never a big fan of keeping my own name in it, but we've uh, we've kind of relaunched D-Mark Sports, we've been doing it for a few years, and now we're really about to take it up a notch and, and take it not only local, but national. Um, I've already done some combine training and NFL prep in Miami, San Diego, we're going to be doing some national football academies and uh, working together closely with physical therapy companies here in New Jersey as well as in other areas. So it's exciting. So when uh, Donald Trump tells you to keep your name, I guess you keep the name in it, right? Well, you know, if you've ever read of uh, the Art of Self-Promotion or the Art of the Deal, you know, with, with Donald Trump, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't know who I'm going to vote for, but I did run fitness centers with Trump for about four or five years and, I learned a lot from him about branding and, and self-promotion. You know, it's not something, you know, really wanted to do. I, my own company, my wife actually named it. And, uh, you know, I had some differences and differences with partners and things over time. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think you gotta, you gotta stick to your guns and, and follow what you believe in. And I think my passion and my energy and the team that I've kind of surrounded myself with, we all believe the same thing. So. And we're excited to really launch it and uh, and take it to another level. That's great. So what's next? What's on your plate? You know, right now, you know, we're going to be opening up at least one large facility in New Jersey. Uh, I'm going to be making an announcement in the next 30 days in the exact location. And mm-hmm. uh, we're also I'm partnered in Miami with Chris Chambers. Uh, Chris played with the Miami Dolphins. He was an all-pro uh, wide receiver. We've been partnered for the last, uh, since 2014. So we're going to be doing a lot in Miami, and then I also have some things happening in Southern California and in the uh, Midwest as well. So there'll be a, a number of announcements coming up, but we're, uh, we're keeping it under wraps until we announce everything officially nationally. But right now the focus is New Jersey and Miami. So who in New Jersey, I mean, we talked a little bit, but you had some giants that you've trained. Yeah, I've worked with uh, Damon Snacks Harrison since 2011. 
Um, you have JT Thomas, linebacker for the Giants. Jasper Brinkley with the Giants. Uh, Dwayne Harris, wide receiver, uh, as well as uh, Will Tide, the, the rookie out of uh, Stony Brook last year. So very, very blessed to work with these guys and, and really happy to see Damon Harris is probably one of the most incredible stories I've ever seen. And, you know, to see where he came from as a free agent in 2011 until now is, is really amazing. And you said um, specifically with Snacks Harrison, you told me on the phone that you uh, shaved his 40-yard time, was it, by almost a whole second? Yeah, it was actually over a second. <laughs> in 2011, he came to me at about 382 pounds, and he ran a 6'4", 40. Um, he doesn't mind because uh, now, he's, he, you know, nobody's, nobody's questioning him at this point. But uh, after six weeks of training, he was down to a 5'3", at his pro day, and that did an amazing uh, job in eating perfectly. He dropped over 40 pounds, and you know, now he's with the Giants weighing in the 340 range and obviously just signed a $46 million contract. So... Yeah, he's done a really good job. Nickname was Snacks, you know, created by uh, by um, Rex Ryan, and you know, Rex took a great, you know, took pride in what he did as an inside defensive tackle, and you know, we've been working on his positional work and you know, all of his training, therapy, nutrition, and everything. Um, you know, he's been with me since 2011, so it's exciting to see have have him come full circle. Yeah, that's cool. Snacks, he, he's uh, he's one of my favorite players. I'll be honest with you, Brian. Just Talk about a little bit of the training that you you the training regimen you do for the players that are going to be gearing up for the season. Yeah, so the NFL offseason that's really focused on their medical, so physical therapy, but also on their nutrition, uh, and then really getting them ready for their conditioning tests and then positionally. You know, positionally is what I've always prided myself on, and that's why I partnered with guys like Chris Chambers and you know, Jake Fiedler over the years and Chad Pennington and you know, working with guys like Joe Flacco on quarterback training, Trevor Simeon out with the Broncos, and, you know, these guys, you know, it's very position-specific, and, you know, the majority of the performance companies out there, sports performance, really focus on running and lifting. We do all of that, not just to work on the mental focus. So it's mental, medical, and positional, and, I think, and making sure they're ready for their conditioning, especially our big guys, you know, like Snacks is going to really do well in the conditioning drills and at you know, 340, 350 pounds, that's not simple. So you have it's a process to get ready and you know, coming off his wedding right out right after the fourth of July, we had some work to kinda get him back in to be ready. So, you know, the positional thing is one thing that it separates us from anywhere in the country. I mean it just makes sense. If you're training to be a quarterback, you might as well do some positional work as a quarterback in your training regimen. Right. And what happens at these sports performance facilities, these so called performance facilities they just want to do fitness and sports performance and agilities, and they don't really understand the nuances of positional training. And you know, that's why I broke it off on my own too. It's just really a frustration, you know, trying to work within different facilities, whether either very small or you don't, you know, we don't have the room to do the positionals, or even if we're outside, not really having the resources to be able to do everything we need. You know, to have guys ready from the NFL level all the way down to seven or eight years old. I mean. We're going to be doing national, you know, football camps for big men and quarterbacks and receivers, defensive backs. I work with Patrick Peterson, so you know, there's a lot of really specialty items there that the majority of the general public and within the sports performance industry they just don't get, and they'll never spend the time, money, or resources to do it. And, and I've been doing it for 24 years now, so I, there's really, I think, no no replacement for experience. You were also at the Giants training camp the other day, the same day I was there. We just didn't get to get to meet up. Um, 
I know you were watching some of your players. What was your impression of them there? Yeah, obviously, I think they all did a really good job. I think, you know, Stacks was just coming back, so they were kind of easing him in, mm -hmm. um, which was an annual plan for him. Um, and then, you know, Will Ty, I was very impressed with his routes and catching the ball. And you know, Dwayne Harris looked explosive. Uh, JT Thomas is coming back off the pup, so, you know, he's, he's, he's coming back from a hamstring. Um, but, you know, we didn't get to spend any time. The cruise was impressive. It was good to see him. And coming out of college, I trained a number of his UMass teammates. I've known Victor for a number of years, and it was awesome to see him out there. And, and Odell as well. I mean, Odell, I recruited him out of college, and he chose to train somewhere else, but we've, we've remained close. And I just spent some time with his mother talking about some things for, during the season and off season. So, you know, Odell looks like Odell. So, you know, the team looks really good. I thought Eli, you know, had a good tempo. I think, you know, Coach McAdoo's going to doing a great job. They they play music now. It's a lot more loose than when, when Coughlin was there. And I think he's a, a player's coach, and I think the guys are going to respond well. And I'll be, I'll be at the game Friday, so I'm excited about that. Brian Martin Sports, please, guys, remember that name. He's doing big things. He's got a great business plan. He really, this, is, this is one of the guys in the industry that just gets it. Um, obviously, he's getting some great results, so his his work ethic and, and everything speaks for him. So, Brian, thank you so much for coming on, and I, I look forward to working with you in the future. Danielle, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be on. You're doing a great job, and I appreciate taking care of uh, the New Jersey people, and, and I appreciate taking care of the Giants and Jets guys and all the high school and, and different things that you cover. And, you know, Snacks wanted you to know that he's still a Jet at heart, and I still wear green, and I know you're a Jet fan, so... You know, right now, he's, uh, he's got the blue, so all New York, Giants and Jets, and uh, thank you for having me on. Brian Martin, one of, one of the good guys in this business. I wish him well. Um, look forward to some collaboration with him in the future. I interviewed the other day um, New York Mets' Noah Syndergaard, and uh, he uh, he's a great pitcher for the Mets. Not such a good interviewer, interviewee. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, so I, I, I'm going to keep trying to get this up for you guys. Um, but in the meantime, um, I did go to Giants camp. Like I mentioned in that interview with uh, with Brian Martin, I did go to Giants camp. It was last uh, Thursday, so almost seven days ago. Um, I was able to, you know, watch the practice from the sideline, which was pretty cool. I mean, these guys are really a lot bigger than they look on TV when you're standing next to them on the sideline. I'll tell you that much. That was my first impression. Uh, next, I got to sit with all of the other um, stand with all of the other media people, national media and local media, which that was pretty cool for myself as well. And then after the practice, uh, you know, while, while the practice is going on, one of the guys comes over and says, okay, who are you, who would you be interested in interviewing? Um, in addition to like the main, uh, press conference people. So the main press conference people were Ben McAdoo and, uh, Olivier Vernon. Ben McAdoo, I was kind of quiet during, but I did ask Olivier Vernon, uh, two questions. I'll try and pull those up for you. But, um, my, my two, Individual interviews were with uh, punter Brad Wing, starting punter Brad Wing, and also backup quarterback Ryan Nassib. I was one-on-one, -on -one, two two-on-one with Brad B Wing, and one-on-one -on -one with Brian Nassib. And uh, apparently at the luncheon later on, there were other, you know, sports media people that said, they, he told me, that the quote was, not a lot of newcomers, or no newcomers get one-on-ones with, with these Giants players. And I was like, oh, oh, Really? Well, I, I guess I must be doing something right because I got a one-on-one -on -one with the backup quarterback. So, okay, so uh, who knows? Take it for what it's worth, but here is uh, Ryan, myself and Ryan Nassib, backup quarterback for the Giants. 
I saw outside today you got some first team snaps with some of the guys. Um, what has your, been your impression of Sterling Shepard so far? Um, yeah, I think the kid's got a, a whole lot of talent. Um, obviously, he, he's a young kid, so there's a lot to learn, but uh, he's, he's catching on quickly, and um, I think he's going to be a big help. So have you seen any, um, like, trying to build camaraderie among him and Odell and, and Cruz? Yeah, I can see that. I can see, um, you know, the older receivers, you know, bringing in the young receivers and, and uh, um, making sure, you know, that you know, they learn from not only the coaches but from the teammates as well. So what is your impression of the trio, of the, the three-headed monster, Shepard, Cruz, yeah. and Odell? Uh, yeah, well, I think our whole wide receiver crew is, uh, we got a very, I think we have a very strong D and deep uh, wide receiver core, and um I think that's definitely going to be one of our strengths this season. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I'm going to agree. That's yeah. that's pretty dangerous out there. A lot of speed out there. Sure. Um, so, you know, you've been studying under Eli Manning for a very, very long time. Um, when he comes out and he says this team is definitely a playoff team, what is the impact on the locker room? I think, um, you know, Eli you know, is obviously, you know, our, our team's leader. And, um, you know, when, 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 some, when he comes out and says, you know, says something like that, it, I think it really resonates with the whole team because, uh, you know, if you know if our leader thinks that thinks so, this you know, then um, you know, we're all going to jump on board with him. Being under Eli for so long, um, what have you learned from him that you could take away from the game in making you, yourself a better quarterback? Uh, man, it's it's hard to. You know, I've learned so much over the years, and uh, you know, from uh, the, not, not only football, you know, not even on the field, but the meeting rooms, the locker room, you know. Um, I learned lessons from him that he doesn't even know about. So uh, you know, he's been a great, uh, great help uh, in my development, and uh, um, you know, he's always there to, you know, offer advice or suggestions, stuff like that. And always, he's easy to answer questions, and um, and uh, you know, very grateful. So uh, Ben McAdoo, uh, being the offensive coordinator now as a head coach, you guys on the offense have to be happy about that. What kind of changes have you seen, or is it much stay the course uh, kind of guy? Um, yeah, um, I mean, the, I think the, the our biggest thing going into the, uh, all, uh, as an offense going into this year is, um, you know, uh, it's our third year in the system. Last year, or first year, we were trying to learn it, and last year we were trying to make it our, our own, and then this year, um, you know, we're trying to master the offense, and uh, you know, we're you know, very bl- uh, very blessed to be able to keep the same offense because you know there's always different um you know uh troubles that come with learning new offense obviously you know, growing pain stuff like that but being able to have the same offense we were able to build on what we had the, year, the last two years and really find out um what we're good at and, and what 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 more we can add to it well, that's our, our arsenal finishing games has got to be number one priority um how have you guys been able to practice that on the field yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's the number one priority for any team is to finish the game and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I think the uh, way we take it out of the field is that we want to finish every drill, every period um, with the same intensity that uh, we started with. And the single piece of it, the best single piece of advice Eli's given you? Best single piece? Oh, man, I don't know if I can say that publicly, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, He's, you know, I think he, he completely revamped the way I watch film and study film. And uh, in terms of breaking down opponents and stuff like that, he, I thought I knew what I was doing before I met him, and then he's completely, he, you know, kind of changed my way of thinking. You know, look, seeing it and thinking about it. And if you could put my last question, if you could put any music on the the, the music out there, what would it be? Uh, that's tough. Um, 
Uh, early 2000s rock. All right. All right. Thank you. So, um, Danielle McCartan I and th- Giants punter Brad Wing. No, from no, the time stop. Ed. So I think uh, I think Ryan Nasby is a very smart guy. Um, I did enjoy that interview. I had nothing planned, so that was kind of all just off, off the top of my head, which I think was also pretty cool. I think it was great. I do prefer doing the offensive guys because I feel like I knew know more about um, offense rather than defense. Um, but I thought that was a, I thought that was a great interview. I thought he showed a lot of insight. Um, talking about Eli Manning. Um, a little bit of everything, really, uh, with him. Um, and that was actually, it's very quiet uh, surroundings. We were actually in the Timex Center, the, the training dome of the Giants. Uh, prior, uh, do- I almost said dopo after. After, that's Italian, by the way. After the practice, uh, he and I were in the training center on the turf. And uh, he was wearing his red jersey. I just wish I could have done an interview. But don't worry, next time, the, uh, the, a video interview, I mean. Next time, don't worry. I'll get video for you guys. Um, but that was pretty cool. I thought I, I definitely want, can't wait to go back. The next time I'll be back at Giants camp will be on Sunday. So you can follow uh, me on at Coach McCartan, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Or you can just go on to, there's a Facebook page, everything, back sports page. And I'll post some updates live on there. So that was a very cool experience to, to have gone to Giants camp. Uh, another event I had gone to, was a uh, an interview I drove all the way to Long Island um, and I, I think I think it was very much worth it I, I do not regret going because I got basically no I did I got a one-on-one video interview with the Mets ace Noah Syndergaard and and I've been so backlogged with all the work I've been doing that usually I, I do things the same day I produce the videos everything the same day I'm um, just I was at another event, and I'll talk to you about that in a minute, but I was at another event. I couldn't get this together for today. This is Noah Syndergaard, pitcher for the New York Mets. You're listening to 60-Minute Overtime on WRPR. So cool. So I'll have the full interview for you guys uh, for next week, I promise. Um, I'm an editing-producing machine because on Saturday... Uh, I, I, I contacted and made contact with this guy named Joe Cogliano, which I've talked about him on here before. Joe owns the company called Mint Pros. So if you go online, mintpros.com. Uh, he partnered with this guy named Jack Hoffman for this event I had gone to on Saturday. Jack Hoffman owns J. Irwin Productions. Also, you can search for them online. They had this. Um, they had four private suites at Yankee Stadium, and all of the, the suites were... Um, connected so you can walk freely from one suite to the other over there and um they had some yankee legends in attendance there uh just trying to think off the top of my head charlie hayes who caught the last out in the 96 world series gene stick michael who has been player to gm to to everywhere in between vice president of the yankees he was there rick serone tennis rasmussen jim Leritz bunch of other guys including Doc Dwight Doc Gooden was also there um, I interviewed almost every one of those guys so that's why I'm experiencing a little bit of a, bl- a backlog here but I, I do have interviews for you guys there if you want to check them out there's like, I can't play all of them for you today we'll be here for a while but if you want to go check out my YouTube page just go to youtube.com and you can type in on the search bar coach space M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N coach McCartan uh, they sh- they'll all come up, and I'll be. At, um, they should be all be done by by this weekend. There's no doubt. I'm going to work hard on all that. 
and you can find them on there as I put them up. You can s subscribe yourself so that you don't like miss anything. As soon as they go up, you'll get a notification or an email or whatever it is. Um, you can also go on to SoundCloud, my SoundCloud. Just go on to uh, SoundCloud.com. In the search bar, you put Coach McCartan, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, with no spaces, and it'll come up there. Also, if you're feeling adventurous, I finally tested this out. Go on to the iTunes store. If you have uh, Apple products, go on to the iTunes store, and in the search bar, you type Coach Space McCartan. Everything comes up. You can download them. Feel free. Download them. They're all free. Uh, feel free to put them on your phone, share them with your friends, and, and whatever. So I'm on iTunes. I'm on SoundCloud and YouTube. Uh, so I figured I, I would play for you probably the most fun interview I had from that day. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Yankee great. Uh, he played for a, a bunch of different teams, so Mets, Red Sox, Yankees, uh, to name a few, but... Rick Cerrone, I thought, was the funniest interview I had. Uh, he's a very entertaining guy, as you're going to find out in 10 seconds. So um, check out uh, me, Danielle McCartan, and Rick Cerrone. And the video is also up on my YouTube page if you want to see it. Um, you might want to check that out. Danielle McCartan here in uh, Suite, what are we in? Suite 4 now with 4-3. Uh, Yankee great Rick Cerrone. Um, what's the coolest part about being here for an event like this? Well, you get to see some of the guys you haven't seen in a long time. Dennis Rasmussen, I just ran into him. I haven't seen him in a while. He's flipping burgers in Texas, so yeah. or Minnesota. Where is it? M uh, Michigan. Michigan. So it's, it's, yeah, it's nice to see guys. That's what it is. And uh, so, what is your famous uh, favorite old timers' day memory? I know you played in the game. Well, no, when I was playing for the Yankees, Joe DiMaggio was in my locker for an old-timers game. That was his locker, so that was pretty special. That's cool. So um, you played, among other teams, for the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets. What is it like as a Yankee to play the rivalry games like those? Well, the, the Yankee-Red Sox is pretty special. Um, it's a little different on both sides. Yeah. I've got to experience both ways. I think the Yankee fans take it a little more serious yeah. than the Red Sox fans. They expected to lose the Red Sox for some reason, but they always were pretty good battles. So, and then uh, you took over for uh, Thurman Munson. What was that like coming in and feeling? A, you know, he was an untimely death. And he was a, a legend. Yeah, but see, I looked at it differently. I, Thurman died in '79, August. If the two catchers that played after that for the last two months of the season in '79 would have done any good, they wouldn't need to go get a catcher. So I was looking like I was replacing them. You couldn't replace Thurman. I, I had a great year in 80 and, um, you know, tried to do the best I could. We won 103 games. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. So um, do you you do a lot of work with, um, it was called the Italy Earthquake Victims Fund. <laughs> so now I wanted to ask you, probably Italiano. Very little. I, only the curse words. Oh, yeah? not just, I, my mother and father, they were born here. My grandparents were born in Italy. And uh, now, unfortunately, they didn't speak Italian in the house. I wish they did. I've been to Italy probably 12 times. I love it. We go to all different parts of Italy. Last year, we actually I took my kids to Sicily for the first time. My favorite is probably Rapallo, which is the Italian Riviera. Capri. I love, you know, Sorrento. I mean, I could go on. There's something special about going there. His name is actually Rick Cerrone. Ricardo Cerrone. Nice. <laughs> Italian boy from New Jersey. So, uh, you also, is it true you recorded a song? The For the earthquake victims. Yeah. Could you give me a little reduction of that? Because no, I couldn't find it online anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Good. on rec or vinyl. It is on vinyl. I've been pressed. <laughs> I've been pressed. But you got to go, uh, you got to find it. Um, 
on YouTube. I think you can find it on YouTube along with some of those 10 jeans commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, and I just want to tell you this. I played in Dumont High School softball. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I played against your daughter. Um, all of them, yeah. yeah. All three of them played softball for Cresco High and yeah. basketball. My middle one, Carly, I think she scored about 1,500 points in basketball. I used to go to every game. And now Carly, the middle one, is actually teaching head girls basketball coach at Cliffside Park High School. Cliffside, get out of here. And a fifth grade teacher there. So she's happy. My oldest daughter's working for Google, and my baby just graduated from the University of Miami, and she's going to be working for UBS. So. So, and just give the fans, what are you up to? What are, what are you up to? I'm a retired investor living on a pension down the Jersey Shore. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. And having lots of fun. Right. Thanks. Hey, thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it. So, so everybody, that is uh, Rick Cerrone. He's a great guy. Um, I, I, I thought he's kind of funny, and I, I loved uh, the Italian angle there that we took. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the curse word he said. I don't even know what it was. I think it's some sort of dialect. Who knows? Um, but that was Rick Cerrone. So if you guys uh, want to check out any of the other interviews I had, including Doc Gooden, which I'm going to play for you here next week because it's that important. I wanted to give it not just four minutes. I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about the career of, of Doc Gooden and things like that. So if you just want to go online and check it out now in the, in the interim, you can go online on YouTube.com and you can type in Coach Space M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And you can find all of them there as I put them up. So I've started our uh, weekly Periscope feed. And uh, I uh, um, I got four visitors, five visitors live online. Uh, I'm trying to, to get these people to talk about some sports here. Uh, A-Rod? You guys have opinions about A-Rod? No one seems to have an opinion on here. Everybody's quiet in the beginning. And then every, all the comments start coming in like a flurry. Um, <laughs> but uh, So I did have a great time at the Legend Suite. With Min Pros and J. Irwin Productions, uh, hopefully we'll be working with them um, in uh, in the future on some more events. Um, so someone just asked me, do I think uh, Tim Tebow has a chance? I do. I, I do think he has a chance in the sense of some team is going to pick him up for uh, for some ticket sales. Unfortunately, that's what I think. I think he's going to get a, a year-long contract maybe with some team that's just struggling. Maybe the Rockies? I actually thought the Rockies might pick him up being in Denver. Um, being in Colorado, where he played on the Broncos, um, in that sense, I do, I do, I, th- I think he's a great athlete. I really do. Just don't know how strong he is as a baseball player, but I'm sure he's going through the training regimen and things like that. So, in that sense, I do think Tim Tebow will have a chance. Um, if anything, f- just for ticket sales and, and for revenue boost for for some team out there that's that needs it, smaller market team maybe. I don't know. So that's my opinion about Tim Tebow. Um, anybody else on there have any questions? I got four people live. It's just people coming in and out, in and out, in and out, uh, live on here. Uh, and don't worry, Dad, I am on the Wi-Fi network, so I'm not using any data. I got on the Rampo uh, Wi-Fi network here. So you're listening to WRPR 90.3 FM. You know what? Let me hit you with a little bit of a Charlie Hayes tagline here. And iTunes, of course, is not working. This is Charlie Hayes, third baseman for the 1996 World Series champs. And you're listening to 60 Minutes Overtime on WRPR. Someone had a, a, a comment just saying that David Ortiz should uh, might as well try out for the Jets. Why? In what position? In what capacity? 
not sure. But that does bring me to the point of now the the Red Sox are not honoring Alex Rodriguez uh, at any of the games. You know, they did honor Derek Jeter in his final season, but they are not honoring Alex Rodriguez. So does that mean that the because because probably because of his his PED use, uh, his steroid use in the past. So does that mean? That when and David Ortiz comes to the stadium in his final game, comes to the Yankee Stadium in his final game, that we have to honor him. I don't see it. I hope they don't. I hope the Yankees don't honor him. Because why does he deserve it? Why does David Ortiz deserve that? Someone wrote Jeter is a legend and A Rod is a diva. Actually, A Rod is a legend in his own right. You should look up and see uh, where he is on the all-time stats, all-time leaderboards for everything. RBIs, home runs, uh, everything. Batting average, he's up there. So A-Rod is a legend as well. Uh, and, and and I think when David Ortiz comes, he's been on the Red Sox for just as long as you know any of these Yankee legends have been on their teams. Uh, if he's expecting a a nice ceremony at Yankee Stadium, I hope he doesn't get it. I hope Hal Steinbrenner has enough rocks in his head to figure out that he doesn't deserve he doesn't deserve any sort of ceremony at Yankee Stadium. Sorry. I don't think so. I don't think so. You guys saying that A-Rod's not a legend. Okay, I was on here earlier talking about how the crowd at the Red Sox game last night was chanting we want A-Rod we want A-Rod so what do you think about that that the Red Sox fans were chanting for Yankee player Alex Rodriguez hmm why not let him get to 700 home runs that's my opinion Okay, it is 2.01, so if anybody is not asking any more questions over here on on uh, Periscope, I'll give you a couple more seconds just to type the one last question out, bang one out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Go ahead and do that now. Um, someone just said, I think, I, I guess you're talking about A-Rod. I guess A-Rod is a legend, just made some really terrible choices, but who hasn't? A-Rod's just one of the guys who did get caught. There were 50 other, 53, I think, 56 other guys on that Mitchell report. A-Rod being one of them. Ryan Braun, this and that. Uh, how many wins did the G-Men get this year? I think the G-Men are very much um, revamped and reloaded, especially with the defense. I'm going to say the Giants are going to be a 10-win team this year. 10-win playoff contention team this year. I, I don't see them winning the NFC East. I do think that's going to belong to the Redskins, unfortunately, but I do think the Giants are going to get the wild card spot in the playoffs. Ten wins. Ten win team. Got a stacked defensive line. If everybody on the, on the wide receivers are healthy, got a dangerous trio with uh, Cruz, Beckham, and uh, Shepard, the second-round draft pick Shepard. So I do think the Giants are going to be um, quite good this year. Someone said 10 wins, no way. We'll see. Who's your team and how many wins do you think they're going to get? You tell me. What are you, Cowboy fan? <laughs> cowboy fans, you're in trouble. Did anybody see that video of Michael or, um, Michael Irvin, of, of Des Bryant trying to catch footballs out of that jugs machine? 
you're hitting them in the jugs machine is like a like a pitching machine. They, they put football, footballs in the pitching machine, and they, they're shooting balls at him. And every single one of them, he's dropping, hitting them in the hands, and he drops it. Hitting them in the hands, and he drops it. And the caption was, um, "Good to see that Des Bryant is in mid-season form." <laughs> uh, so this guy says he's not a Giant fan. He's a he's a Saints fan. I can't hate the Saints. I, I do like the Saints. I do like Drew Brees, but I just. Uh, they're not going to go too far this year, in my opinion. Who's the talent around him? I'm not sure he has much talent around him, Drew Brees, because that monster contract he signed. Uh, and then uh, in, in, getting back to that video with um, Michael, I keep saying Michael Irvin, with, with Des Bryant, someone put a side-by-side video of Odell Beckham Jr. making one-handed catches. So while Des Bryant is dropping footballs out of the jugs machine, Odell Beckham is sitting on the ground catching him one-handed. He's standing up catching him one-handed. He's doing cartwheels catching him one-handed. So uh, I think uh, Giants fans and Cowboys fans have something to look forward to this year. Um, And just so you guys know, the Jets play tomorrow night in their first preseason game. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe it is at 7 p.m. It could be at 8. I'm not sure. I'm not looking at it. And the Giants also have their first preseason game Friday night. It's a home game, and they're playing against uh, the Miami Dolphins, which is Olivier Vernon's former team. Olivier Vernon is a big sign uh, signee on the, on the uh, on the Giants uh, this this past off season. He was a free agent. They signed him to a monster monster contract. I'm just loading up his press conference here, and I'm just trying to get to the part where I asked him about playing his former team, the Dolphins, and I think it's right about here when I was at the press conference the other day. Mm. Hold on. Get in there, get in there. So that was me asking him about playing the Dolphins in the first preseason game. Um, he's very deadpan um, when he said that he wishes it was the third uh, preseason game. means that so he can get more playing time against his former team. So that's why he said that. Um, I did like Olivier Vernon, actually. So that was in a, in a press conference with national media. I jumped right in there. ESPN, SNY. I was in it with the rest of them. So take that. I'm coming for you, national media. I'm coming. All right, we got 13 people on this feed. Uh, anybody else? I've d- dropped down to 12. Anybody else have any uh, real quick uh, sports questions here? If not, I'm going to wrap it up. Okay, give you guys a couple seconds. You can find me on SoundCloud, on YouTube, iTunes under Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Also on Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Anybody else? Wrapping it up in three. Let's count from five. Five. Four. Three. 
Josh Norman or Odell Beckham? Who wins? Odell Beckham. Norman has been getting burnt to a crisp down there in uh, training camp in Washington. Burnt to a crisp. Odell Beckham wins, no doubt, next time they play. That's something to watch. All right, five, four, three, two. Good news for my Cowboys then. Yes, it is good news for the NFC East, the entire NFC East, yes. Okay, in three, two, one. Who wins in a fight? I think Josh Norman. <laughs> I think Josh Norman does win in a fight over Odell Beckham, no doubt. Uh, we saw that um, when they played last time. Okay, so anybody of you guys can find me on Zooming in on my face. You guys can find me on, uh, go on Twitter. Everything links to my Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I hope some of you guys are on there uh, when I when I stop this broadcast. That would be great. Um, and uh, signing off on Periscope. Ciao. So I swipe down to stop. Okay, that's that. So uh, we had 34 live viewers. That's pretty cool. Okay, so if anybody else is not going to call in, <laughs> which... I should say anybody else. If anybody is going to call in, now's the time to do it. And if not, I think I'm going to catch you guys next week, I believe. I'll be here again. Let me see my schedule for next Wednesday on the 17th. Yes, I just have volleyball tryouts until who knows what time. I don't even know. So upcoming events. Definitely I will be at uh, Giants Camp with Back Sports Page on Sunday. Hopefully, I'll be able to get you some video interviews from the training center uh, after that. Uh, next week, I do want to talk about uh, Yankees making some moves in the, the with the young guys, with the prospects. Uh, Kim Jones and I, if you missed it, you can go back on and you can watch it um, or listen to it or download it. Uh, Kim Jones and I talked last week about the Yankees' prospects and who's you know the up-and-coming guys and, and this and that. And I did talk and I did ask Gene Stick Michael about that. I mean, this is the guy that built... The core four. He built the team, the 96 team, with Jeter, Rivera, Posada, O'Neill, Bernie Williams, um, Pettit. They were all on that team, and he, he did buy, he did organize all of that. So uh, I did ask him about what he thought about the Yankees' moves at the at trade deadline. He gave very candid answers, so I can't wait to play that one for you. I also want to play you the uh, Doc Gooden interview, and I want to talk a little bit about um, his 30 for 30 special that was on ESPN. So here's your homework. Uh, going back into back to school mode here. Here's your homework for next week. If you have not seen the ESPN 30 for 30 called Doc and Daryl, meaning Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry, I want to I want to talk next week about it. So if you have not seen Doc and Daryl, go and watch it. It's on ESPN, or you can download the ESPN app. I actually watched it on the computer. I searched on ES, ESPN.com. I searched for 30 for 30 Doc Daryl. And it did come up, and I did watch it streaming online. You know, so you don't have to wait for it to come on on TV. Although it's on often, um, so I, I do want you to go on, and I do want you to to watch that because I do want to talk about that next week. And then I I actually asked Doc Gooden about what he thought about it. Did it portray his career uh, in in a? What did he think? What did he think about how it portrayed his his personal life and his career? So, um, uh, Doc Gooden was another candid, candid interview. I was very, uh, very shocked, actually, about how open he, he was. So, if you guys want to not, if you cannot wait, based on that introduction to those videos, you cannot wait for next Wednesday, for me to play them for you for next Wednesday, go on my YouTube. Go on YouTube.com, type in Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, 
it will be there. I promise you. You can take a look. Okay, so this is Danielle McCartan signing off from 60 Minute Overtime, Summer 4. Episode Summer 4. See you guys next week. Remember, the credits are wrong here. I don't. <laughs> on, on, in the fall, I'm going to go back to Sundays, but I will be here next Wednesday, 1 to 2 p.m. Catch you next week. Ciao. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search, with no spaces, Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m.